0: This insert is brought to you by Radio K-Pulpit, 7 to 9 a.m. Please visit kpulpit.co.za.
1: Fantastic that we can get you up and get you going. And what I really love to do is to introduce you to somebody this morning. And it's a lady, that's inspirational to say the least. The more I've read about Sister Basha, the more I'm thinking, where does she find all the time? What's going on inside of her heart and her mind that motivates her to do this? And uh, I'm talking about Sister Basha Swaratle Tlapane, Sister Basha, it's wonderful having you here. You're very welcome.
0: Um, Good morning, Bradley, and a very good morning to your listeners as well.
1: So I have to ask, and and there are accolades I've been sharing of yours through the course of the program, and we'll talk more about them now. You've achieved incredible things. You have a a sash on, and what it says is Mrs. Universe South Africa, and one of the top ten finest, and that is just the tip of the iceberg. So with all of the things that you've accomplished, Basha, where did this start? I mean, is it from your parents that inspired you? Because for what you've achieved, you didn't just wake up one day and say, let's change South Africa and let's change the world. I think everything else started from home. Um, mm.
0: To those that knows me in my personal capacity a way, that I was raised from a very disadvantaged background, a very poor village, rural in mm. Hamanskral. And so most of the things I've had to work hard to get to. And this includes the recognition of what was happening within my home, which is um, domestic violence. That is something that I was exposed to from a very, very fair age. And now as an adult, I started realizing that, look, this was not just only a situation in my family, but it looks like it has been happening in many other homes. Mm. And this is where my passion came from. I am originally, of course, from Pretoria. And I came to Cape Town in 2007 for to doing what what is called full-time ministry with yeah. my husband. So we basically packed up uh, the kids and, <laughs> and everything else. And we came to Cape Town to pursue this ministry of being able to offer support to women and children. So I have been doing this since 2007. Yeah. And of course, during the course of time, I've had to now study theology. I had to do my four years nursing qualification. And now I'm currently in the process of um, finalizing my psychology um, qualifications.
1: So there's no rest for you because you're seeing possibilities and opportunities and you're equipping yourself to do what you believe God has called you to do.
0: 100%. Because, I mean, at this point, by the time I realized that, you know, women and children that are exposed to violence or any form of abuse within a home Mm. do require medical intervention, that's when I realized, look, it's important that I also empower myself um, because I wasn't even able to do not even a tip of the support that is needed in the community Mm. until I was learned myself, until I was fully in a position to can have that kind of a mandate to understand what exactly am I getting myself involved in. (laughs) And of course, we do recognize that ministry is ministry. We still pray with the women. We still do all this work that needs to be done. But at the end of the day, there is medical things that are also important. We need to recognize that there's addiction. We need to recognize that there's mental health conditions. We need to recognize that there's so many other Forms that actually in influences violence within a home. So, mm. and that is basically where I'm at with the psychology part of things. Yes. Yeah,
1: that's starting to make sense to me. But the work you've been doing as part of your sister Busha, the CSI project, where you're going out there and offering health care and education in the area of health care uh, to women and children, moms. Um, I mean, that decision for you to step into that gap where you're saying, There's need but not everybody can afford what's needed. Tell us about that journey.
0: I think the bridge between uh, private health care and also the, the care that is within the state, mm. there's a bit of a bridge there that needs to be reached. In other words, that there's so many people out there that has a need, but they're not able to either be between. And what I mean by that is that we've got a lot of working class uh, families that are not able to afford medical aid. Mm. And more so over, when we first start off with giving um, support within the communities, we do recognize that we need to extend ourselves yeah. to being able to serve the people that can afford and the people that cannot afford. So no one gets um, excluded mm. in the
1: ministry support um, that we provide within communities. I've got some numbers here in front of me and I would love to share them just to give listeners an idea. It's one thing talking about the ministry and the heart you have for it, but there's also delivering the goods. And I've got a uh, something here in front of me. These are the stats for this year. We're getting, we're halfway through December. So at, at Sister Basha CSI nonprofit organization, the legacy program for girls, and we'll talk more about that. 568 pediatric welfare, social welfare cases dealt with, 503 pediatric medical cases, 244 successful pediatric surgeries, 472 girls mentored on your program, the legacy program, 18 school visits, 11 university visits, 39 community visits, a legacy camp, 8 GBV talks, Basha God's given us all 24 hours in a day but I think maybe he's given you more. I mean this is this is quite something. I know you're not doing this on your own but I mean when you put your head on your pillow at night it must be thank you God for the opportunity to change all of
0: these people's lives 100% and i think it's because um, i recognized that there was a need in my life as a young girl mm. who had dreams a young girl that wanted to pursue and and do so much but yet i had so many limitations and so practically the ministry is just opening doors for those that are not able to access you know certain things like as we've mentioned earlier like mm. medical um, intervention and issues like education especially with the program so not only are we able to provide health care through counseling for the girls but we are also able to support them throughout their schooling and also into higher learning institutions so for me it is humbling of course I I also have 24 hours in a day which means (laughs) there's there's a huge scrutiny with regards to how I plan my days how I plan my weeks my months and a year Mm. so already now in December I already have a plan for 2024. so that means that in March when the crowning is happening at the Misses universe South Africa all of that are within my plan and i'm very very disciplined when it comes to uh planning which is why i'm
1: able to achieve all of that i can see this uh, let's talk uh, before we get to the mrs universe because i mean it's like you got looking lovely with your sash thing we can't not talk about that but i just want to touch on the legacy program for girls i mean 472 girls mentored I saw somewhere, and I was reading so much up about what you've been busy with, I saw, and I'm not sure, is it this coming year already, 600 girls registered, is that correct? Yes, it is. Um, so
0: what we do each and every end of the year, we sort of um, recruit girls from all different communities in South Africa. So we let the educators, through social media, of course, mm. um, to know that we do have this program and what do we offer the girls. And so most of the girls do register, so we have their own number where it's their support system throughout the year. And through that number... Mm -hmm. We are able to allocate a a multidisciplinary team to support the girls. So we've got registered counsellors, we've got psychologists, psychiatrists, and these are professional men and women who are also sharing the same vision as I am and using their professional expertise to support our girls. Mm -hmm. So behind the scenes, we are able to still facilitate social welfare cases and graciously so be able to work with the girls throughout their schooling um, years into higher learning, which is why you see we already have graduates there, university isn't, isn't graduates.
1: amazing? So quickly tell me, I mean, is, there's got to be a story of one of the girls that have come to you or sent you a message and said, this is what it's meant for me. Share one of those stories with us.
0: I think one of the stories that I really take pride in is one of our young girls um, from... Um, De novo, It's in the farms. um, And uh, she joined us when she was still in high school. And and of course, most of our girls come through as case numbers. There must have been something that has happened for them to end up with us, especially when we provide social intervention. And we walked through the journey of high school into University of the Western Cape. So April this year, we saw this young woman whom we met as fragile as anything, walk the stage and graduate towards her become accounting. So that for me felt like a very... Very proud moment. It was exciting, and I think for me, it also validated what I've been wanting to achieve mm. throughout the years. And of course, I, I wasn't really given that opportunity to go to university in my earlier years because of poverty, because of abuse in the home, and all these other things that was happening within my family structure. Mm. But when I started to catch on earlier on, 2004, 2005, I did what we call ABET, like a night school. I don't know yes. whether you're here. Yes, yes. So I went back into night school, uh, adult learning, passed my metric uh, with a bachelor's, and then that's when I really pursued the prospect of really putting myself in a space where I can really e- equip and empower mm. myself because I could see that as much as my heart was there at serving I wouldn't have
1: been able to accomplish this much if I didn't have all these degrees that I have. Yeah, isn't that incredible? And now, you, Mrs. Universe South Africa finalist. I mean, how did tell us that story? How did that happen? I, it's not something I imagine you just realized. Hang on, what's going on here? This is obviously something very intentional.
0: It is very intentional. So last year in May, the fifth of May, I lost my mom oh. um, to breast cancer. So you know, during that time when she was ill, I had a lot of thinking that I needed to make with regards to her life and sharing her legacy. And of course, she overcame quite a lot with my dad struggling with addiction and the the issues that we had within mm. our home structure. And I realized. I, need, I needed to really create a legacy for what she has gone through and what she has been able to accomplish through us. And yes. af- after everything else was said and done, she still fought it through. And she, she is such a motivation. Mm. And when I heard that Mrs. Universe South Africa, their mandate is supporting women that are affected by gender-based violence and also children as well. And I said, okay, then that's where I need to just jump in <laughs> because this is it. This is my moment yeah. to be able to tell her story. Because she has lived to create someone like me. Mm. And it means that if anything else, she has really done a very good job. And I'm very proud of her.
1: Wow, what a beautiful story. This is, uh, uh, your heart is just so obvious to see. Someone has messaged here uh, on, our, on our system and said, uh, Oh my, a very busy lady with a beautiful, passionate heart. Uh, and amen to that. So when is the the, uh, is the, the grand uh, finale? finale?
0: <laughs> it's next year in March, um, okay. the 17th. Uh, it's going to be in Johannesburg. And uh, for those that would like to support me, yes. um, they're more than welcome to um, DM me or just send me a message and I'll be able to secure their seat so that they can come and witness this special moment. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing.
1: How do we follow your journey in general, what you're up to? And if someone's got some questions, say, hang on, I know someone or me myself. Uh, I would love for a family member to be part of the legacy program if possible. How can people find out more?
0: All right. So I'm quite active with my team on social media. So if they go into Instagram, Twitter, and also um, I think it's Facebook. Yes. Yes. If they go to Sister Basha, they'll be able to just almost get about all the work that we are doing because most of my profile and information is there. Or they can visit my website. It's Za, and um, they will be able to find all our contacts.
1: Yes, I've had the privilege over the last few days since I knew we were going to be meeting today to work through all of those platforms. You will you will not be left for wanting. There will be everything you need to read and know uh, about what's going on. So, uh, on a day like today where you've come to spend some time on radio and you're looking fabulous and you have your sash on, what does the rest of the day look like for you?
0: The rest of the day is looking as spectacular as that <laughs> young man <laughs> behind you graduating today. So, from here onwards, we're going to be heading to the university where he's going yes. to be given his DR title officially. Yes. And he's, he's my firstborn son. And um, one of those moments where I feel like as a mother, you know, um, I've really sort of held my end
1: <laughs> well isn't that really what this is all about it's one thing you've just spoken about your mom mm-hmm. and here you are and now you've inspired your firstborn son and now this is the generation isn't this just the legacy that you've been talking about 100% the legacy because yeah. I believe that even when the Lord laid it heavy in my heart
0: to be able to go out there and put myself out there it was more along the lines of being able to serve and God really taking care of my family mm. because a lot of people tend to think but is your family not affected when you are this busy? I mean, one minute you're in Santon in your rooms in Johannesburg and one minute you're in Cape Town. Yeah. How do you really manage this? And I always tell them, I always prioritize on doing the work of the Lord so the rest takes care of itself. Yeah. And, and I think this is why you are able to see both my sons being in this space where they are academics themselves and also serving fully because mm. at the moment they're also in full-time ministry themselves. And this is what really fills my heart with such a lot of joy that in the midst of everything, there was healing that happened. And this healing came through so. Serving. and 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 that's basically the reason why we are celebrating today yeah
1: congratulations young man standing here behind me i'm sure you can see him you would have spotted him at some point on the cameras walking around the studio and so you should what a pleasure meeting the family and uh, sister basha Swaretla Lapane. everything of the best for you as uh, you pursue not only this which is uh just how can i say it's just fleeting and then it's somebody else's turn but Mm -hmm. the legacy the stories the family and uh, all the touched lives it's been an honor having you in the studio thank you so much for sharing your heart and your passion and all the best to you many blessings in every single thing that you pursue God is using you so mightily to do incredible things in this nation and what a pleasure to spend these moments with you
0: thank you so much for the opportunity this insert was brought to you by radio k pulpit 7 to 9 a.m please visit kpoobit.co.za.